Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 93. Um, today, I have just maybe a brief discussion that I want to point out um, within the same book of Mark, but um, different locations. Um, it's going to be in Mark 11, starting in verse 27. Uh, we'll read through verse 33, and then we'll pick up in chapter 12, verse 28, and going on into verse about 34. And I want to tie these scriptures together because I think um, this was something that came across in, in my thinking, and I think it's pretty important and um, I think applicable to our day as well. Uh, so I want to thank you for taking the time and pray that this is a blessing and that uh, the Lord multiplies it in your heart. So we'll just jump in, Mark eleven twenty seven, and it says, They arrived again in Jerusalem, and while Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? Tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say, of human origin, they feared the people, for everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. So pay close attention to that. That's kind of how the, the string I want to tie between these two passages. Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Then moving on in Mark 12, starting in verse 28, it says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Before we go, Notice that Jesus actually gives him an answer to this. It's interesting to think and to consider there are more important commandments than the other. It's kind of an interesting thought. And you would expect Jesus to say oh, they're all equally important. But, but Jesus actually quant, um, or qualifies um, the most important one. So hear what he says. He says... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, um, we're going to see this out of Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Verse 30 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind 
and with all of your strength. The second is this. So that was the first. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Verse 32, well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. This is deeply profound. Initially going into this response of, um, it was teach one of the teachers of the law. So one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus's response had given them a good answer. He asked Jesus this question. So this is a teacher. So you could say teacher to teacher. <laughs> um, in verse 32, it's on the surface, it seems a little bit, I don't know, proud, prideful, kind of arrogant is really what I even gather from his response when he says, well said, teacher, um, you are right in saying. <laughs> so this man assesses the words of Christ, you know, God in flesh, and he says, you said it correctly. It, it, it kind of comes, comes across arrogant to me on the surface. But he says something when he continues in. It's deeply profound. Now remember, this is um, likely, so this is a teacher of the law that would greatly cling to the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, you know, knows nothing of grace and knows only of the law of Moses that would demand sacrifices for, a, for acceptance, for atonement. So when he says in verse 33, to love him, God, with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. For the, those words to come out of that man's mouth is a miracle in itself. And this is actually why Jesus responds the way he does in verse 34. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, so, so Jesus um, qualifies his answer. He assesses it and considers it wise. He said to him, Jesus said to the man who was a teacher of the law, he, Jesus said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. That's interesting as well. This man is so close to coming to a realization of a concept that does not yet exist in his world, right? This idea of grace doesn't yet exist to him. Christ has not yet went to the cross, but he had, but he is connecting some dots here 
to love God and to love your neighbor is more important than all sacrifices. But it's, I didn't even intend to spend this much time in this, but it is just, it's profound as it's just coming alive to me in this moment. I hope it is you as well. But he's saying to love God and to love your neighbor is of more value, of more worth, of more importance than the very thing that provides you acceptance in the sight of God. The very thing that would make you acceptable in that era, the very thing that would make you acceptable to God is actually substandard to the necessity of loving God and loving your neighbor. It's deeply profound. And this is why Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Like you're knocking at the door. You're so close. But here's another thing. And this is, this is really where I was trying to get to. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Okay, so connecting these two passages together, the authority of Jesus is questioned in the first portion. They ask him, by whose authority are you doing these things? Let's, let's just be realistic. I think Jesus has already answered this question. They're just not listening. And he actually says that in another passage. He's like, I've been trying to tell you, but you're not listening. So in reality, he's already answered this. But at least in that moment, they come to him with this question and say, by whose authority are you doing these things? So then Jesus poses a question. He said, I'll tell you what, I will answer you if you answer me. Now, the question that Jesus asks them here, it's, it, I really see it as a setup. <laughs> and, and I think they recognize it. How clever of them. How clever. And so they actually then decide in their manipulation to then say, well, we'll just say we don't know. And that costs them an answer. So Jesus says, I'm not going to tell you since you didn't tell me. Now, remember, these are, uh, these are leading people in the temple, the, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the elders. Right? These, are, these are people who are, are deeply invested in the things of God, in both teaching and explaining wisdom and understanding. All these things, these are so critical. And they pose a question that has an answer attached to it. But because of their their unwillingness, they fail to receive an answer. Now, we tie that to the second passage we read. And when Jesus answers and identifies this teacher of the law who answers wisely, it then ends that exchange by saying, and from then on, no one dared asked him any more questions. So we see this exchange of question and answer, understanding and revelation. There's transactions occurring here. And that's what I want to tie together just briefly and uh, as succinctly as I can. Um, the, the, the few words that I think 
that come to my heart in this moment is what a waste. And it's funny that uh, the, the, my home church uh, shared a message that used those same words, and I was shocked to see it, how interesting God takes, uh, crosses paths similarly, although the, the way I'm coming at it is from a different angle, but I think it's still pretty awesome how he does those types of things, but it's the same words. What a waste, because these religious leaders— these who are invested in the things of God, who, who actually, if they had eyes to see who Jesus was, this is revelation incarnate. Jesus being there in front of them, the infinite, uh, the infinite of infinites, they ultimate revelation standing in front of them. And they failed to, they failed to be open to see him for who he was or even could be if they maybe couldn't connect, you know, make that jump just to even see who he could be. There was an opportunity present for them. And just think if for one second in our imagination, if those religious leaders, the teachers, the, the, the Pharisees, the scribes, these people who had an invested interest in the things of God, if they could have clung to who Jesus was for that three and a half years or so of the ministry of Christ, what richness they could have come to. Think of all the questions in their own hearts, much less the questions of the people who they were teaching. Think of all the answers that they could come to because they, they made the decision. They decided that I'm going to take him at face value and, be, and believe who he says he is. Think of all the answers to the questions that they could have had in that period of time, that short period of time. Think of the mysteries of God, the explanations that they could have had, just even in the Old Testament. Think of all the answers to the questions, the, the, the manifold uh, unpacking of the vastness of Scripture present before them. Jesus could have spoon-fed them all of these things, and, and they could have then given them out to the people and opened their mind to to the things of God, these these depths of truth that was available. But they failed to have eyes to see. And from then on, it says they they no one dared to ask him any more questions. But he is revelation incarnate, in person, in flesh. But but they failed to connect to him who is revelation. What a, what a blessing Jesus could have been to their ministries and what a blessing he could have been to the people whom they served and ministered to. So let us be a people who pass the test of encounter who pass the, the test of 
hunger to pursue God, to pursue the person of Jesus, that we would be willing to open our minds and our hearts to what he would say, even when it's challenging to us, even when we maybe don't comprehend where he's going with it, and even when when our answers may dismantle this framework of of what we've built our life and our even our theology on you know the question that he poses them about you answer me was John's baptism was it of heaven or of human origin the question that he poses to them puts their own theology their own framework on notice He challenges their paradigm. And if they could have been honest and vulnerable, then they could have had access to revelation. And I think the same is true for us today. If we could be honest and vulnerable before Christ, what access do we have? To to what access do we have if we could just come to that place, that correct posture of, of humbleness and vulnerability before Jesus. So I would just challenge you with that. I, I pray that that would put you to, to to this place of I'm willing to to assume that posture and but I can have faith and trust knowing that when I enter into that he will be faithful in responding to that willingness of my heart. So I pray that that stirs you into that place pray that God multiplies that and he walks you into this place of of revelation and seeing him with fresh eyes. I thank you for taking the time and we'll see you on the next one. God bless.